Hey, everybody. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 2 of the Golf Life Alberta Podcast. I am your host, Leah Snethen, with my new co-host, Ryan O'Neill. Neeler, how are you? Hey, Leah. Um, I think I can speak for the whole province here when I say that I'm cold and I am uh, sick of shoveling. Yeah, it's uh, welcome to February, I guess, in Alberta, but minus 40, this is insane. Thankfully, I'm, uh, I'm headed out to Las Vegas, the Sin City, as you will, uh, tomorrow uh, to get away from it. The funny part is, is that I'm actually only going to Vegas when it's 10 degrees. So even Oh my God, really? Yeah, yeah. So even though it's like still a 40 degree difference, it's still not the, uh, the, the nice winter getaway I was hoping for. But Well, I was going to say that I hate you, but that's actually just, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I guess the silver lining to it is, is I'm, uh, I'm golfing at least three times, so I will enjoy that part of it to, uh, at least. Well, make sure you bring your tube down, I guess. Where are you golfing? Uh, I, so first off, I've never been to Vegas, um, so this is the first time for that. Um, but I'm golfing at, I think it. oh, ah, this is going to annoy me. I'm golfing Coyote, Coyote Springs, Coyote Links, Coyote something like that. Um, uh, day one, we're golfing Revere Golf Club, day two, and then day three, uh, me and my buddy that are going, uh, I've been trying to learn how to pronounce it. It's called Paiuti, I think. Uh, uh, the, and they have three courses, so we're golfing the, the wolf course at Paiuti. And I'm sorry to Paiuti if I keep on saying this wrong and emphasizing <laughs> the wrong part of their their name, but yeah, Paiuti. Awesome. I've never been to Vegas either, so I am of no help for you on your courses. So you'll have to give us a little review when you get back next week. Yeah, I can definitely do that. But uh, I guess, how, Leah, how are you doing? Uh, also cold. Um, yeah, really cold. My furnace is um, being a little bit finicky also, so I'm a little terrified of that. But um, yeah, no, otherwise just kind of basking in all the glory that was the waste management this past weekend and and reliving memories of last year when you and I met and my husband resurfaced these videos of your undying love for Gary Woodland. So, you know, for anyone who hasn't seen those, I believe that they have been retweeted on the Golf Life Alberta Twitter page. So you are 100% sober in those videos. My my love for Gary, uh, it was not affected by the alcohol one bit. I, th- I think it was just the Arizona heat that had come over me or something like that. And I was I was swooning, but it's it, it was all uh, genuine, and my love for for Gary remains to this day as enthusiastic as myself and even uh, our buddy Alex was. So um, yeah, still love Gary regardless of how drunk I was. <laughs> well, we do have undying love for Gary because of last year. What did you think of the waste management? Holy smokes, is all I gotta say. Um, obviously, we've talked how this tournament holds a special place in our hearts because of our special trip last year. But regardless, if I was tuning in because, uh, you know, it's it's just fun knowing the course and you you can say you've walked part of the course and you've been on hole 16 and you're familiar with kind of the, the layout of the course. Uh, but, oh, my God, that was as compelling as a tournament gets. And if you weren't fired up for golf in 2019, uh, you, I'm all aboard right now. Like I could care less about the Oilers. I could care less about the Super Bowl that happened that, that day. The waste management had my full attention. And of course, it, Ricky Fowler was uh, at the center of it. Was he ever? Um, Four-stroke lead going into the final round. And 
ends up trailing by one at one point in the tournament. That was a little dicey. And here's the other thing. Like, I know this story has been written before with Rick, especially at this tournament that, uh, you know, he hasn't been able to close. And I, <laughs> it's funny, I tweeted before, before the, the tournament or kind of midway through the, the first uh, segment of coverage there that I, that I hope Ricky didn't break our hearts yet again with that uh, at this tournament. And sure enough, it almost happened. And I mean, I guess we can sort of blame the conditions a little bit because obviously the course is playing very, very tough. But it's Sunday at the Waste Management, Ricky's going to somehow make it interesting. Oh, man. So I'm sure that a lot of other podcasts have already talked about this a lot, but I, I want to touch on it because I'm trying to make sense of the rules for people who may not understand what happened. And don't get me wrong. I know the rules you and I were texting during the round and I had to look everything up to confirm exactly why what happened happened, especially considering they tried penalizing Danny McCarthy and then took it back. So I was trying to make sure in the moment that they got the call right. But let's talk about it. Let's let's talk about what happened on 11. Okay. And as you said, we were kind of texting and I'm going to kind of, you know, defer to you on this as you are more of a rules aficionado than I am, but uh, I'll just, I guess, set the stage as to what Ricky was facing. And then maybe you can step in as, uh, I forget what the rules official's name is, but maybe you can be that version of that guy who has such a great name uh, and explain it to all of our listeners. What Why can't I remember it either right now? Oh my God. Uh, it's a, it's, it's an iconic name. Slugger. There we go. We'll call you, we'll call you, I don't know, Leah Slugger or Slugger Leah or something like that. <laughs> Um, going All forward, right, but anyways, for yeah. So okay, uh, hole eleven. Ricky hits his drive on the right hand side. Has obviously probably a wet, wettish lie in the rough. Hits his approach to a very reasonable spot in front of the green where he can just chip and putt and make a par. He said afterwards that as he's hitting his third uh, shot, this chip uh, pitch, whatever we want to call it, from about thirty yards, that the ball kind of skipped because of the uh, wet conditions. Over the back of the green, um, and over the back of the green had a very severe slope. And of course, um, behind the green, there was water, and the ball ended up finishing in the water. And and then what happened? Like it's not enough that that the ball went in the water. And okay, then... so yeah, yeah, exactly. And then um, yeah, so and you had to correct me on this, or at least inform me of this, is that the the hazard was marked with a red line so ricky takes his uh two drops obviously again the ball's gonna fall in to the water uh, because of that severe slope so then he is allowed to place it and as he's placed again i think every tour pro on every single tour in the world knows how to you know take relief in that situation um so as he then goes up to survey his what would be fifth shot the ball as he has, after he has placed it, has rolled back into the water. And then this is where the madness ensues. And now this is where we call in Slugger Leah. Okay. So a lot of people, and, and I don't know, I didn't watch any of the post interviews. Maybe you can tell me whether or not Ricky touched on this question. Um, a lot of people are asking why he didn't just replay that third shot. Why I was one of those people. I was one of those people. Did, did he answer that question after the round at all? 
I, I think people were, were not going to get into it because he didn't. Yeah. Uh, I felt like the history again with Rick at this, at this tournament, they were just going to let him be. Um, so no, he didn't go over it, but, uh, anyways. All right. So that was an option for everybody out there, but I mean, realistically, especially when you're in that situation and you're a little bit flustered because you know, that ball kind of hydroplaned across the green, went in the water. Oh my God, I have this lead. I'm going to lose it. You, you're not necessarily thinking clearly about all of the options you have. It is, I'd say at least 80 to 90% of the time, people just go and take that lateral from where the ball crossed the hazard line. And, and that's that Rick had tunnel vision right there. So just to explain the rules and why the call was actually the correct call, not that I agree with it, we first start out with rule 14-3C, which is ball dropped in right way must come to rest in relief area. So he did a correct drop. It did come to rest. He picked up his tee. That ball is now in play. As he goes up to survey his, you know, landing area, whatever it is that he was looking at exactly, the ball rolls back down into the water. Now we have to look at rule 9.3, which says if natural forces, the slope, cause a player's ball to at rest to move, there is no penalty and the ball must be played from its new spot. The exception is when that happens on the green. Now, these rules get got changed to simplify the rules of golf. So why on earth does it make sense now for, you know, one rule to apply on the green, but nowhere else on the golf course? Okay, and again, you're the, the rule aficionado here, so I'm going to go uh, exactly by what you say, because I... I... I have no idea what actually was supposed to happen while I was watching. I was just there on my knees screaming at the television, wishing Rick, you know, wasn't going to blow this thing. But okay, so your rule says and must be played from his new spot, which of course is in the water, which I mean, he wasn't going to play it from the water because that would have been impossible. So he then gets a penalty because he then has to redrop, which I think is the problem here. Not necessarily that he's having to replace it again, but it's because he gets a penalty. Yeah. Um, So, I mean, when I was texting you, I was asking, you know, okay, should he have played it from the other spot? I think we can all agree that, yes, Ricky had tunnel vision, probably should have played his fifth shot from his, where his third shot was coming from. Um, But what what I just, yeah, kind of don't get is uh, the natural forces affecting uh, affecting the ball going into the water. Like I was texting a few other buddies that were watching it, and it just makes me think of that seagull that picked up the ball at the players that one day, and then you know it was on the on the on the putting surface, and then it was in the water. Like that was nothing that the player had to do, uh, or he, he had nothing to do um, with that with it moving. He didn't address it or anything like that. So I know this rule wasn't really thought of being changed before at least i don't think so maybe you can confirm if this is a new rule or not a new rule but i think maybe this is just those this is a you know once in a million type of situation where now the tour has to address something like this because it actually happened in the turn well this rule actually was recently changed i don't i I believe it was before this year actually it was a year or two ago if you recall dustin johnson your best friend oh yes my buddy Mm -hmm. yes when he addressed the ball oh what tournament was that at but remember it moved and the u.s open yes and he ended up getting penalized 
penalized for that. So that's why they put that exception rule in. So now if the wind or the slope on the green causes the ball to move, then you just replace it. But I'm thinking that they should have just changed it for everywhere on the golf course. Okay, so uh, let's... Let's bring in Slugger Leah. Let's turn Slugger Leah into Commissioner Leah. How would you change this rule? I would just change it to if natural forces cause a player's ball at rest to move, there is no penalty and the ball must be replaced. From the spot that it was placed. Yeah. Okay, move to makes, or replace to its original position. Yes. That, that makes a lot of sense to me. I, okay. Let's just say I'm the, uh, I'll just play devil's advocate here. Is, are there some gray areas where that uh, this new Leah's version of the rule would, would have, you know, wreak havoc on anything? I've been trying to think of that, but of course I think that my ideas are great, so I can't come up <laughs> with anything, <laughs> but perhaps someone else can. Um, I, I haven't seen a great argument going the other way on it yet, but I would love to hear one. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, again, anything to help this, this kind of silly game be a little more simpler, uh, we definitely have to address it. And maybe maybe this freak thing that happened to Rick, poor guy, because it always seems to happen to him, maybe this mm-hmm. um, maybe this changes things with, uh, with a few of the rules anyways. That would be nice. And like, like we were texting as well on Sunday, um, we need to very clearly define then if this rule does get changed to everywhere on the golf course, what exactly does it mean for a ball to be at rest? How many seconds does it need to stay in that position for it to be considered at rest? Like we need to take some of the subjective stuff out, you know? Oh, completely agree. Um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't even know what the time was when I asked you that question. Um, so yes, <laughs> we <were> actually <laughs> at the Jasper major last year, I was for flighting purposes. I played in the A flight and, um, oh man, poor everyone who played with me that day, but I made a putt and it literally sat on the edge of the cup and Tom Gramblicka goes, put your shadow over it. It's going to like make the ground a little cooler, maybe sink down a little bit and allow my ball to drop in the hole. And then he's like, Oh no, you got your 10 seconds. Um, yeah. So I guess I guess to bring it home uh, with that story even as well, I was going to ask like, have you, what is the craziest thing that you've had happen on the Alberta golf tour and how did the player take it? Um, did it affect uh, how rulings have been made in the Alberta golf tour going forward? I'm just thinking when we have these crazy rules of golf, when someone like me, who again has to text you watching golf about actual rules is trying to uh, apply this silly system to the game, I'd probably have 14 strokes of penalties at the end of my round. Oh man. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think of what, well, I've, I've talked about it actually on the podcast before and some of these have been addressed. So my most, my craziest, well, I was, I was a part of the most recent crazy one, which happened at Jasper last year where I made a um, 12 on a par four, thanks to a bunker. But um, anyways, (laughs) no comments. Yeah, that that happened. It's over. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I had a guy, a champ flighter make a nine on a par four at Wolf Creek on the ninth hole of the links course. Um, Anyone who knows that hole, um, that approach shot, I'm not even going to say what I was about to say. (laughs) I'm going to say it'll make your asshole pucker, but okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
It's um. Do you, have you played that hole before? Uh, I know the hole. Yes, you know the hole. and my uh, approach yes. shot. You know what I I'm talking. Puckered. You have hazards on both sides if you are short. There is no yeah. other option. You can't be short. You can't be right. You can't be left. He ended up right, and I was just there taking pictures. And I walked down because I wanted. It was pretty open in there, so I wanted to see if I could see his ball. I did, and then I just stood there because I was showing him where his ball was, and right in front of me. And of course I had to call him on it because it happened right in front of my eyes and no one else saw it. He took multiple practice swings, taking ground in this red stake hazard. And what else did he, oh, he moved a loose impediment, both of which have now been addressed. Mm-hmm. He would not be penalized for any of those now. So, I mean, that they're getting there. They're getting there. It's just they're not quite there yet. And I, I've heard this story a couple of times on the podcast. So I apologize to the specific Alberta golf tour player who has heard this story now a couple of times and has to relive <laughs> this every single time that we bring it up. So uh, my apologies for bringing it up. Uh, and again, we'll move on just like we are moving on from his eight at Jasper Park Lodge. It was a 12. Oh, sorry. Eight over par. It's a 12. I was trying to be nice. I guess. Eight I don't over know. par. That's right. Oh, and again, sorry to Tom Kremblicka and Tim Siegel for having to witness that. One of them was a penalty for hitting the ball twice and one of them was a penalty for hitting myself <laughs> oh <laughs> rebounding off the lip of the bunker and hitting myself with the golf ball so yeah i mean some of those strokes could have also been addressed but the rules were <laughs> not in effect yet <laughs> anyways i guess let's uh, it was a big weekend for rules in general um i want to talk about one again that happened at the waste management um uh, was and you mentioned it earlier was the caddy that lined up denny mccarthy um and we've had this happen now a couple times in the in some tour events, and it seems like they're getting it completely wrong. And the PGA Tour uh, rescinded the penalty that they gave Danny McCarthy, um, which would have been t- which was two strokes, um, and said that yes, we were wrong to give him this penalty. I want to get your initial thoughts on the rescinding of the penalty um, before I continue on. It was the right thing to do. However, they were certainly quick to give an incorrect uh, penalty. And had it not been for guys like Justin Thomas, who took to Twitter when they saw the video of what happened, I'm not sure that they would have taken it back. So, And they considered giving the same penalty to Justin Thomas also. I don't know if you heard I did not know that, no. Yes, and and it's just, they were very quick to give it to Denny, and then all of a sudden JT speaks up. They were going to give one to JT, and then he kind of shoves the rule down their throat. They realize, oh, I don't know, did you see the video? The guy literally, the caddy's standing behind him, like, like lots of caddies do, and just giving him the general shot. He he steps back, lines himself up, and then continues with the shot. I, I don't even understand how they could have considered that a breach of that rule. So I got two things about this one. Number one, um, and it's I don't know exactly how to word this properly. I might come across as a bit of a, uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm pretty upset, actually, as you can tell about this one. When I... When I think of a caddy and a, and a golfer on a golf course, I think of them as a team. Um, the caddy has has a yardage book. He's got the probably some sort of notebook that the caddy and the player have together. Um, and for me, in terms of lining them up, uh, I just think that's another thing that the caddy is there to help their, your player out with. Um, I think when we think of 
players getting lined up, we think of automatically the LPGA tour. And I don't want to, you know, make that a big argument or a big thing as well. But um, I think the rule was brought in to help with pace of play. But in my opinion, if the caddy is on the course with the player, he is a part of this team and lining them up, he's not actually hitting the putt for them. Um, it should be, in my eyes, allowed, personally. I, I don't know what your thoughts are on that. I don't disagree with you. I know that that's, you know, we don't have very many caddies on the AGT, but the ones that we do, that that's always kind of been a helping role for them. And it's unfortunate that, like you said, they're a team, that they're there for a reason and, and you're working together and they're not the ones hitting the shot. So what is the big deal? That, yeah, that's kind of how I'm looking at it. Um, I mean, they're walking off numbers for the, the pros. I mean, this one's actually carrying the bag too at the end of the day. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's kind of where I, you know, where I line up with, with that aspect of the rule, but I'll get into part two of this rule, which is maybe a little more technical and in, in the wording it's, it's when the player, the rule states is when the player takes their stance which to me I have no idea what that means like is it the second before they pull the trigger like what exactly is taking your stance it says deliberately stand on or close to an extension of the line of play behind the player's ball when the player begins taking a stance so as they're starting to address the ball and to me again that in Danny's case he was doing some practice swings so yeah he had he had addressed the ball and was taking his stance and probably all he has to do is step into the ball and then swing. So is him taking his stance when he lines up beside the ball in that case? No, because okay. taking stance is addressing the ball. I'm just saying, like in my eyes, when I saw that, yes, he was taking practice swings. Uh, and I just interpreting your rule there based on what you just told me that if he is taking a stance, is it with the intention to hit or something like that? So let's say, all right, I'm quote unquote taking my stance. I put the ball or my club behind the ball, but sometimes, you know, they do those practice swings where they kind of cut across the ball to maybe mimic the, the, the cut swing that they're going to do or something like that. Like, I don't know, to me, it just seems very vague as to what taking a stance is. Okay, Ryan, the definition of stance is... The position of a player's feet and body in preparing for and making a stroke. Okay, so then if I'm looking at the Denny McCarthy situation, there's no way he took stance. And yes, they are right to get it uh, to rescind the penalty, but what in the heck were they thinking of the initial ruling? Like, ah, uh, I don't know. That that also frustrates me about his situation specifically. The thing that pisses me off, and we all know. <laughs> what Leah's biggest pet peeve on the golf course is they have no problem issuing an incorrect penalty for something like that. Mm-hmm. And then nothing ever for pace of play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, seriously. We had the pace of play discussion last week at the European tour. Or was it was two weeks ago now with, with Bryson and you know, how he goes through his whole process and how it took him a minute 45 to hit the ball. And yet He's the guy that was leading the tournament at the time, so maybe he got special treatment. I don't know, but I think I think you're right. I think they have to start cracking down. If they're going to crack down on certain situations like the the caddy lining up the player, then they got to do the same for base play. Speaking of which, did you hear um, the kind of back and forth between DeChambeau and Kepka about their stances on pace of play? I am slowly becoming Brooks Kepka's uh, biggest fan because um, I did hear what he said and i'm sure what he's what kepka said anyways really resonated with you and i'm sure you really appreciate that (laughs) yes um for those of you who 
don't know, I'll, I'll give you kind of a brief quote. So Kepka says, I just don't understand how it takes a minute and 20 seconds and a minute 15 to hit a golf ball. It's not that hard. It's always between two clubs. There's a miss short. There's a miss long. It really drives me nuts, especially when it's a long hitter, because you know, you've got two other guys or at least one guy that's hitting before you. So you can do all your calculations. You should have your numbers. Um, Fast forward to Bryson's comment about pace of play. He says, it's actually quite impressive that we're able to get all that stuff done in 45 seconds. People don't realize that it's a very difficult thing, or sorry, that it's very difficult to do everything we do in 45 seconds. I think anyone that has an issue with it, I understand, but we're playing for our livelihoods out here, and this is what we want to do. Yeah, I, I think Kepka's n- nailed it on the head with that one. And I mean, this is going to be a nice little segue, but Kepka has further become the MVP so far this season when it comes to rules because he then called out Sergio uh, for his his temper tantrum that he threw in Saudi Arabia. And I'm not sure if you heard what he said, but uh, the short version is, is Brooks called Sergio or said that Sergio acted like a kid, which is amazing that that Kepka has now done this twice, twice in three weeks or whatever it is. Uh, about play on the European tour and two really big names as well. So props to uh, props to Brooks. And the other thing is, is I don't think Sergio or Bryson would, or um, yeah, Sergio or Bryson would uh, try and backtalk uh, Brooks considering how much of a man that man is and how big his arms <laughs> are. So he's more of a man than Gary. And that's like not easy to say. Holy smokes. Did you just say that on the podcast? Um, like, oh my goodness. Sorry. I don't know what Gary's going to think of that. Hey, Gary, oh. if you're, yeah, Gary, if you're listening, I, I you're still number one in my heart, but it seems Leah has uh, changed her mind quite quickly. And all it took was a pace of play comment. Oh, boy. No, listen, I still love Gary. Don't don't get me wrong. It's just I have to hear about his dad bod in this house all the time. So and continuing with the Sergio discuss, uh, discussion, I mean, we talked about it a little, but I think we both agree that his actions were uh, quite unwarranted and much deserving of a disqualification. And we were actually placing bets as to what exactly he did on the greens to get him suspended. And we both kind of thought, right? We did. We had different answers, but we were both right. I think you were a little bit more correct than I was because I think my guess only happened on one green and yours happened on five or six. So um, the cleat dragging and the putter whacking, leaving a nice divot for everybody. On five greens, though, that is absolutely insane that that, that you're allowed to do that or your playing partners aren't going to do something about that like yeah i don't know do you think that because of his stature as you know the reigning well not reigning but as a master's champion that maybe his playing partners on the european tour were too scared to say something to him or why i bet you that that definitely has something to do with it and here funny funny fact and maybe you do did or did not hear but patrick reed was supposedly playing behind sergio and was the one that maybe uh brought up the condition of the greens to a rules official so your man patty reed was calling out sergio from behind him so you got to give him i guess a little credit in that regard yeah no that's all right (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah so i guess i guess on the topic of saudi we can just briefly mention that dj was the one that took over the trophy and that's all we need to say about that because we know how i feel about dj so yeah great great for you dj so do you think he's going to wear an Oilers jersey this weekend at the AT&T Pro-Am? Uh, I, uh, uh, I don't even want to get you into it. You didn't even want to think about it. I don't even want to get into it. You know I who his not. partner is every year. I know, I know who his partner is and... You know what? I think if he has any, uh, if he has any brains, considering the state that the Oilers are in right now, he will not put on that sweater. But we'll see. I don't like putting on the sweater either. 
<laughs> but uh, we're getting a little uh, a little gift uh, entertainment-wise at the AT&T this weekend. That we are. Internet sensation, I guess we'll call him. Ho Sung Choi. You guys know who what? he is. Maybe not necessarily by name, but by swing, for sure. Uh, won an event on, I can't remember which tour it was, obviously um, in Asia. Um, but you've seen, you've seen the videos of him sort of finishing his follow-through by stepping out and flailing the club. And it's quite the sight to see. But he got a uh, sponsor's exemption this week to tee it up. And I guess other than seeing how he's going to do, maybe we, we place a little wager on this, uh, Leah. It, you know, does he make the cut? Uh, does he not make the cut or do we give him like an over or under on, on what he shoots? Like, I don't know. What are our expectations for Hosa? I, I really didn't think about it. I don't have any expectations, but we can, we can do an over under what, what number you got? Well, so I guess we have to consider, I don't, uh, I don't know if everyone's seen some pictures, but the West coast down in California looks like it's absolutely miserable out there, uh, out in Pebble and, and the uh, the other three courses. I don't know if you've seen the the videos of the greens where they're putting like putting through water. Oh wow! I didn't realize it was that bad. It's it's horrible over there. So um, I mean, maybe not the best conditions for Hosung to make his PGA Tour debut. So based on what I've seen from the conditions, I'm shooting for like over. I think because you got to play three rounds at the AT&T before there's a cut because there's four different courses. I I could be wrong but i'm thinking he'd be lucky to break 80 both days three days i'll take the i'll take the under on that deal okay. all, right. all right done you we'll, are uh, yeah we'll, we'll uh, take a look at that uh, next week all right well anything else i mean man this has been quite the discussion we don't usually talk about pga tour for quite this long but um it was quite the weekend like i said i, I think the excitement of the waste management has really fired up you know our conversation today at least but also it's got me really thinking about the year ahead so i think in the future maybe in a couple podcasts from now depending on how well your research is going to go and you're studying maybe we start making some some majors picks um maybe some some picks for uh our favorite players gary woodland maybe my not so favorite players dustin johnson see what they're going to do over the course of the year what are your thoughts yeah i'm excited i mean you and i are in this little folex race with the no laying up podcast so that's really exciting mainly because I'm absolutely murdering you at this point in the game. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a late bloomer. I, I'll, I'll find a way to make up the points and I'll come back. Don't you worry. I'm a little terrified because honestly, I forgot about the fact that it included 20 European tour and 20 PGA tour. I picked very heavily based on PGA tour people. So you, you might get me once these European tour events come into play. I, yeah, I'm counting on it to be honest, but uh... yeah, I know you are. That's alright. <laughs> you picked DJ and didn't pick Gary, so you you need to explain yourself. So it seems we both have had a moment of weakness when it comes to Gary, and uh, yeah, um, I think we'll just brush everything under the uh, metaphorical <laughs> rug for both of us this this week, and we'll continue on next week. <laughs> all right, with, yeah. uh, with our crushes for for Gary. All right. Next up, we have chip shots brought to you by Callaway Golf. Ryan, we have Calgary's Jacqueline Lee making her first LPGA appearance in Australia this week. I've been checking out some pictures of her on Twitter, and she looks like she's enjoying life down under. Um, I would, I, I would be too to get away from this. This what are we calling it? A polar vortex that we're in, or something like that. But um, 
I'm going to plead ignorance on this one, uh, Leah. I Maybe it's because I'm an Edmonton boy, but uh, I don't know who Jacqueline Lee is. So maybe you can give me a rundown on what she's done. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm going to cheer for her, obviously. Representing the, the Maple Leafs on the LPGA is, is a huge deal. So um, I want to cheer for her. I just I have no idea who she is. Yeah, she's out of the Glencoe Club in Calgary. And she's been in the States playing for the Ohio State Buckeyes. Um, she forego, forego, forewent, for... <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> That's a great question. She chose to forego. There we go. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> her final semester of eligibility in college um, as she made it through LPGA Q school and decided to go pro. So very excited for her. She has won multiple Alberta ladies amateurs, Canadian women's amateurs, um, and most recently was the 2018 Big Ten Championship winner. She has quite an impressive golf resume and definitely somebody to keep an eye on. So we are wishing her the best of luck in her first LPGA event. Yeah, let's go Japan. And just a reminder for all you AGT fans out there, we have the registration for the schedule release parties open now. We are at Evolution Golf North in Edmonton and X Factor, which is in the north end of Calgary, on February 23rd, 4 p.m. registration, 4.30 shotgun. Your registration fee includes a round of golf, some drinks, some food, and of course, all of the camaraderie on the Alberta Golf Tour. So make sure you sign up and come on out for that. That was Chip Shots, brought to you by Callaway Golf. I got one more thing, Ryan. Um, you know, the kid... Kid Kid Scott Game actually has Instagram now. I allowed him to get Instagram. I'm, I'm sure that he follows you on there already. I am following the Kids Got Game. Um, he is going to start releasing a couple of articles for the website. Maybe Oof. he'll even grace the podcast with his presence once in a while. Um, but yeah, I just wanted him to write about his experience with Drive Chip Putt and with the Maple Leaf Junior Golf Tour, with the qualifiers, you know, going down to Palm Desert and all of that, and just kind of from a kid's perspective, um, being able to talk about what that was like for him. So that's I think this, coming up. Yeah, I think, I think this is a great idea um, for Ty. Uh, however, for me, I think the kid's coming for me now. He's uh, probably a better golfer than I am. And now he's going to start releasing articles that are going to be probably better edited. Like, I, <laughs> I think I think he even said that wrong. It should be well edited. I don't know. Uh, there's not. It's not going to be riddled with spelling mistakes. And, you know, his stories are going to be better. So obviously, again, great for Ty. But I, I Got to buck up here a little bit. I got some competition. Got to keep you on your toes, Neeler. Oh my God. Yeah. All right, Ryan. Uh, I think that kind of concludes episode two, but um, we need to hear from the fans a little bit more, don't you think? Yeah. So we've got a couple ideas that we're going to start working on here. Um, number one, as I boasted last year to all of the Golf Life Alberta community, um, Neeler knows his stuff when it comes to making uh, predictions. Uh, at PGA tournaments, who's going to win, who's going to do well. So 
I think what we're going to start doing is we're going to look at some pools, uh, some sort of fantasy golf options for you guys to compete and see how you stack up against uh, the self-proclaimed legendary Kneeler Nose. Um, and probably we'll stick to the majors because everyone pays attention to those ones um, throughout the week and the weekend. So uh, again, it's all for bragging rights at the end of the day, but uh, come take me on. I don't expect to lose once uh, <laughs> over the course of these four majors, And uh, but bring it on. Um, and we'd also like to do uh, probably one podcast a month where uh, you guys submit your questions to us, kind of a mailbag edition. It can cover anything uh, golf related, of course. Um, you guys can uh, ask, you know, how I became so smart when it comes to Nealer Knowles picks, um, you know, oh how God. much that, how much that, that shot hurt Leah when it ricocheted off that bunker in, in uh, JPL, uh, anything, uh, you know, we're, we're open to anything. We're pretty easy going over here. We just want to hear from you guys um, and and create some stories and, and hear some stories from you guys as well. So, um, yeah, we'll be doing that once a week. You'll see it on Facebook. You'll see it on Twitter. We'll get uh, some, some questions from you in a mailbag uh, podcast. Awesome. I love it. And you guys, definitely, please tell us what you want to hear. We can... We can talk till we're blue in the faces, but if it's not about stuff that interests you, then you're not really going to care. So we want to talk about what you want to hear. Let us know. Um, That is all we have for this week. Make sure that you check out the website at golflifeab.com as well as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at golflifeab. We'll see you next time. Stay warm, everyone.